Hey, is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast, where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. We are back on All Things Pelvic, and I always say all my episodes are special, and I will say it every single week because of the guests that I have on, but today we have one of my favorite patients, friends, Um, just an all-around very humble person, I might say too, but I have the creator of the Not Safe for Mom group, Alexis. Please introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, I'm the founder of Not Safe for Mom group, uh, which, and I'm also a mom of two. Mm-hmm. And this patient, I'm so happy to have found her. She's changed my life. <laughs> um, and it's a community for, and a platform for folks to come and talk about the stuff that they can't really say out loud in their regular circles. It's a place where we are trying to change the narrative of modern motherhood where we can talk about um, things that I think are counter to the regular conversation of what um, a nurturing, nice mom is supposed to say and think about and do. And people can say bold things here because we allow for um, the veil of anonymity through the way that we conduct our conversations on Instagram. Well, I think you just answered like five of my questions that I was already <laughs> going I can to ask you. Or detail. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, like you were even bringing that up because I remember we even spoke about this kind of recently too, where I would, like, I kind of gave my little spiel on your, like, about your Instagram and, like, what I thought about it. So, guys, just so you know, I remember when you first brought it up to me and I finally went on Instagram to look and to follow you and to see what the group was all about. And one of the stories that you post, and it'll never come out of my head, but one of the stories that you post from one of your followers, the follower is just like, I just... I really wanted to hit my kid today. Like, I just, does anybody else feel like this? And I just, after seeing that, I was just like, yeah. You know, like, there are so many people that they want to say these certain things, but we're also looked at within this culture of you need to be perfect. Like, you need to be doing this. This is what mom A does, so this is what mom B needs to do. And it's just... It's not realistic. I don't, it's not realistic in any part of life. So I wanted to ask, what made you start Not Safe for Mom group in the first place? Like, what sparked the idea for you? So I've, I've been a writer for ever. Uh, and I, I was working in children's book publishing for, like, my, formal, my former pre-kid life for over a, dec- a decade and um, as an editor. And then when I had my son, I segued into ghostwriting 
books and I was writing children's books and, and novels. And then when I had my kid, I was like, oh, I have like zero bandwidth to write novels anymore. <laughs> and the only thing I wanted to write about was the motherhood experience, which was, it seemed to me it was unlike any of the experiences of my cohorts. So I'd go to this mom group that I I was really lucky to have been invited to by a, a friend of mine from my writing group. And um, I'd show up and I'd go all the way. I live in Brooklyn Heights and I go to Borham Hill and I schlep my stroller and my screaming kid who is colicky and has like an unhappy disposition kind of to this day. I was going to say. <laughs> Nine years old now is still very grumpy. <laughs> And he was like a ticking time bomb. Like I had to sort of imagine like, okay, I just have to get from point A to point B and like hope that there's no like poop explosion or like vomiting situation. And once I get to this brownstone where it's being hosted, because it was always at someone's like cute apartment, um, I can just relax. But I'd get there and I couldn't relax because he would just still be screaming. And then I'd compare myself to these other mothers who had, perfectly behaved babies that were just, if you put them in a a cute little circle on the mat, they would just lie there on the circle on the mat. And then the moms would be drinking wine and having cookies. And I would just be sweating with like a boob hanging out. They're like shoving mouth. And I was just miserable and felt like I was doing everything I could to not be miserable and to make him less miserable. But Mm -hmm. made him happy and um and I just couldn't feel happy so obviously I must have been doing something wrong or he there was something wrong with him so you know I I I found out later that I had postpartum depression and you know that's like a whole other storyline but the way that I always deal with things is writing about them so I started writing about these experiences and um pitching them to different parenting outlets and started this other career and kind of shifted into becoming like a a mom writer, mom blogger, journalist. And, um, and those, that kind of writing was kind of new, I guess, at the time for these new mommy brands. 10 years ago, there wasn't like the mom market wasn't a big market. Wasn't a thing. Oh, there were like two sites. It was like the, the bump and I don't know, like, what to expect? I was just gonna say, yeah, what to expect? The bump. Um, there are a few others that I feel like parents. There's, you know, <laughs> like there's just like parents magazines, stuff like that. But yeah, and that's why. I mean, I, first of all, I'm like fangirling very hard right now. You saw the way I was just looking at you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my eyes are like so big, just like staring at you. I feel like, I mean, I'm not a mom. You know, like, I'm not a mom myself, but I even see it in, like, my sister and some of my friends sometimes where they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, come over. Uh, we'll have wine or, you know, we'll do this and that. And then I, I, you know, I see them struggle. And even, like, one of my nieces, like, she's very colicky. Freaking adorable, but she's very colicky and, like, like certain people and stuff. So she won't come to me for certain things. But I'm just like, oh, my God, what else can I do, though? Like, can I wash your dishes? Like, can I clean the kitchen? Like, can I just, like, do something for you? So that's how I feel like on my end. And I can't imagine being on the other, at least right now in my life. You know, I can't imagine that. So 
I feel it. And like you said, writing's an outlet for you. It's one of mine as well. And I feel like it just, it's kind of wild how it became that and turned into your community now where, you know, people feel like they have a safe space to go to, to talk about these things. Because like you said, you didn't even know you had postpartum depression, which I feel like I could, we could unpack that in a whole episode itself uh, for sure. But how did you feel when you realized that? you or did somebody diagnose you with postpartum depression or did you just kind of figure it out on your own no um again it was no one was really talking about like I think Brooke Shields was still one of the only celebrities that had come out yeah how long this is how little information there was I mean now you can go on any Instagram site for mom and she's holding a letter board up and talking about yeah yeah I had PPA there was none of that and um and I was a psych major and I you know read so many books about motherhood and there just hadn't been a warning about this so I was miserable and I went to my um six or seven week checkup and my my doctor no it must have been later another checkup and I, and she just was like whoa 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 my OBGYN mm-hmm. like where'd you go and I was like what do you mean she's like the light the gone and I was like yeah I know she's like I don't wait but you were so happy before you were the happiest pregnant person I was like I know and she just started asking me these questions and I thought that um she was reading my mind or reading my diary because she was like do you feel like maybe it was a mistake that you had a baby I was like yes Mm -hmm. like do you ever think that your baby's trying to hurt you I was like oh my god yeah right and right. I, I, asking from a checklist, like that these weren't things that were private to me. Like this wasn't just an Alexis question list. It was uh-huh. medical. Like oh, yeah. a, it, that was, ex- <laughs> it was probably like a questionnaire. It was probably like you know, one of those. A screening. And so it was such a relief um, to actually be, to have a reason why I was feeling this way and that there was a, um, a way out of it too. But um, it didn't just go from writing about motherhood to having Not Safe for Mom group. Um, it, I was writing about it for a long time, and it was wonderful that when I would write, I'd post on – I've always been, like, an exhibitionist, so mm-hmm. I, having my scars, like, out there for everyone to see because I love the idea that other people might read it and relate. Yes. It's always been very – I feel like you're the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to tell – because you know that – someone's going to hear it and say, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, it's kind of like the back to basics of, oh, if one person thinks it, you probably do as well. You know, it's That's the way I think about um, that type of stuff. You know, like when they say, like, no, no question is stupid or somebody's probably thinking it. So, like, if you are having that experience, not to say that somebody's going to have that exact same thing happened to them but it might be something similar they might think that their kid is out to get them at night you know like while while they're dreaming and while they're sleeping or they might or you you just feel like it was a mistake like how you were saying before too so I'm sorry continue hun you were saying it you know it didn't just go from one thing to the other you were writing about stuff for a long time and then yeah one day I wrote, I pitched something to a a magazine that I'd always wanted to write for, and they 
published it and they were like, so, you know, during the week, we'd really like you to go and put it on your socials, you know, push it to Twitter and Facebook. So I was doing my due diligence and I went to go share it on one of those socials and I noticed the link was dead. And did I tell you the story ever? I don't think so. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like trying on all my different browsers. I was like, huh, it's not working. Where'd my, where'd my piece go? And so I contacted like the editor, one of like the editorial assistant at that magazine. And she's like, let me go check. And she checks with her boss and she's like, oh, the, uh, we took it down. And I was like, why'd you take it down? Get the fuck out. What? That it was, um, it was getting a lot of uh, negative comments from other moms. And so it was too controversial. So they took it down. (laughs) And it was a piece about how, when you're looking for a babysitter online, sometimes it can feel like online dating. Yeah, totally. Yeah, people's profiles, it's so, it's so superficial, right? right? Like you're looking at like who they are as a person, but the first thing you see is a selfie. Right. And it was a humorous piece and it was knocking on my own inability to just to look past beauty. Yeah. And I was like, am I looking for a hot date? Or am I looking for someone to mind my children? Yeah, and I mean, with knowing you too, I feel like I could, <laughs> I could see you doing that. You know, like trying to like figure figure that out, and also thinking about it, like, what am I looking for here? Like, this girl is beautiful, or this guy is beautiful, but it's like, uh, are they gonna be able to take care of my kids? Like, I could picture you kind of going back and forth, and I could see the humor in it. But what were they saying? What were the comments? Well, I never got to see them, which I think okay. was a dark game. They, they're like, oh, it's impossible to show you the comments. They don't exist. I was like, bull ass. You know, yeah, like, you could, get out. Like, I'm sure conjure them up. But they said that they that um, people thought it was sexist and that it um, objectified women. And I was like, yes. Yes, it did. Right. Because it was the observation that was what the piece was about. Yeah. Can people use their brains? Like, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that, you know that's exactly what we were talking about this was that's what this piece was about and it was also about myself that and it was literally all, the point that was the, like <laughs> I never mentioned the gender of babysitter that I was hiring at the time it, I actually had three male identifying babysitters uh-huh. <laughs> so I mean it's just people bringing their own biases and assumptions to something but what, what really angered me was that I didn't have a conversation with anyone. Like I didn't get to talk to people about how this piece made them feel. Sure. Sure. And felt like such a lost opportunity. And I think what it really made them feel was uncomfortable. It made mothers feel uncomfortable with their own feelings and with also with me, with the idea that a mother might be look feeling like having sexual thoughts. Right. Yeah. Which, Obviously, you're a mom. <laughs> like, it happens somehow. <laughs> this weird thought while you're looking for babysitters. God forbid a woman is looking at another woman. Like, yeah. all of these things were just so scandalous. We had to take it down, you know? Uh, and I, I am so effing done. Right. Like, I felt judged, too. I felt, like, bad for having written this piece. Of course. Are you kidding me? You know, it's a... Uh... You even said like it was one of like your favorite magazines and stuff too. So it's like 
it's not, you know, I don't mean to add like fuel to the fire here, but it's kind of like you finally got something and it was like a good goal to accomplish not only professionally, but kind of just for yourself. And then it gets taken down. But I mean, you know me too. I'm the same way. If somebody feels a way about me, I'm going to be like, but why? (laughs) Why? Like me. (laughs) Tell me, tell me everything. What did I do? What was this? But in the way I look at it, kind of look at you as a little bit more of like a badass though too. You know, like you kind of, you're putting out something that people are, they might not like it, but they're talking about it. They're yeah. talking about it. So it's kind of, and a lot of times people don't want to hear what they should be hearing mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. Um, I think though that there's definitely been a shift in that. And I think I've seen it more so within even just like the past five years, there's been a shift in like women empowerment. There's been a shift in just saying what you want to say. I think even just like social media writing the works. I don't know if you like, I mean, I think most of us have seen the shift in that for sure. Pandemic, um, I think has shifted things a lot because more people were on social media and kind of seeing things a little bit more. But This is kind of a loaded question, but it kind of just sparked it for me a little bit. Do you, why do you think, was it, because would it be mostly women that were reading that, that piece for sure? Okay. Why do you think women feel as if they can't fully talk about what they do want to talk about in terms of motherhood? Like, Does it kind of go on the realm of like, I need to take care of my child so I can't be saying these things all the time? Is it a sexist thing? I feel like there's so many reasonings as to why that would be. But like, what's kind of the first thing that comes to your head? I think that the worst thing you can be is a bad mother. Yeah. The worst thing. And I think that the ticker tape that goes through our heads almost all day is am I not good enough? Am I not being a good enough mother? And then when you go to bed at night, you're not thinking about all the wins. You're thinking about what did I not do enough of today for my kids? And it's just a constant judgment. And I think that's why so many of us mothers just go to guilt. It's like always mom guilt. We just feel guilty all the time about everything that we didn't do enough of or that we may have done wrong because there's this just intense fear that we're you know effing up our kids sure some yeah. way so yeah. just don't know what's that wrong turn that's gonna you know I guess create your bad apple or like a kid that hates you or a kid that's sad yeah that's it so my mom my mom has always said something um not not always I think she said this to me maybe just like a few times and it always kind of stuck with me like for for life um she was like you really don't know how much you love until you have kids and then she's like and then it gets worse with grandkids you know like it gets even worse with the grandkids because now you're not molding them so it's like you just you know there's just so much love there that you could just spoil the crap out of them and Like, I even feel that with my nieces, 
who are not my children. You know, they're the closest thing that I have to kids, but that's how I feel with them. Jesus Christ, how am I going to feel when I have kids of my own? You know, like what, what am I going to feel with that? And that's exactly what my sister says too. She was like, you just, you don't know until you have them and you like see them in front of you. And then you have that worry. Like, are they going to be okay growing up? Are they going to be, you know, how are they going to feel with all this stuff? But I... So while I completely understand that, you know, and everybody always, of course, like has the right to feel how they feel. I also have always thought in the back of my head, but like if you're not okay, if the parents aren't okay, how are you going to take care of your kid? You know, like fully, how, how can you fully then take care of your child as well? Um, you know, like without fully taking care of yourself too. And now Taking care of yourself, that could be self-care. It can be just talking it out with a friend, like whatever it is. Um, I always think it's important to have those outlets too. Moms are terrible at that. Terrible. I That's no. what I've seen. That's what my patients say it all the time. My patients are like, you're the one that I vent to because I know you're not going to judge me for it. And I'm like, yeah, I could see that. You know, I could see that. Like one of my patients was telling me recently that she – her mom friend, like one of her only mom friends, is this perfect like size two, like five foot ten, you know, model-esque looking mom. And <laughs> your face right now, you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and she's like, it is hard to talk to her, you know, about like certain things and stuff too. And she goes, she's one of my best friends and I know she's not going to judge me for it, but it's just hard because I'm over here trying to lose weight and I'm trying to, you know, like figure out all my stuff. Meanwhile, she just popped out a kid and this is what she looks like. And so what I said to her was, I was like, you know, sure, sure. But she might be going through something else that you might not know about, too, and like has this perfect kind of like facade on. Um, and I think a lot of us do that, too, in general, um, as women, as men, who, whatever you want to identify as. I think that that's another really common thing. But I feel one thing that I want to ask you about with even just your platform, do you think that that's changed because of the pandemic? Like, do you feel like more people, yeah, yeah, do you feel like more people have started to talk about more things because, like, because they're on social media more? Yeah, like, how do you feel about that? Well, I know on my platform, people talk about things all the time because they, they, they're, they're shielded from judgment. Yeah. Because they, so we, I don't know if we said this in the podcast, but the way that it works is that people send us a DM. Mm -hmm. They say, Hey, mom group, um, I, I don't know if what's happening between my partner and I would be considered abuse, yeah. but this is what's happening lately. And I just, I don't know, it's like this gray area. What do you think? And, you know, signed S. Yeah. And, we see the, we know who it's from, but like, we're not going to go digging around in that person's life because we get a hundred DMs a day. Right. So, you know, we put it on our, on our list of queries and, you know, that one, for example, would stand out like, let's get this one up really, really fast so we can help her. So then we'll post it anonymously on her behalf on our stories and we'll say, Hey mom group, we want to get support for S. This is a question for the whole group. What do you, you know, can you please weigh in or just give some support and love? And so then, you know, our whole thousand, you know, 23,000 strong network across the world will read it 
and send DMs back and say, this is exactly what I went through before my partner and I separated. Or like, you know, I'm just sending you love. This sounds so hard. There's really a lot beautiful support that comes out from this. And, but I think that it helps when you know you're not being judged. If we put this on the feed and say, hey, mom group would love your comments, it can be crickets Mm -hmm. because people aren't going to associate their personal story with their profile. Totally. And I think that's what I've always really liked about your group as well and the page is that like they're on the stories and everything and you guys, you know, very much so make that known um, too so that people can then just DM. So like if they feel a way about something um, they, it, it's at least private, you know, it's at least private for them as well to kind of like save them because you're right, you know, like we, we even just discussed this before about like comments and things and how it can go array very quickly, then people can comment on those comments. So then if that mom is now trying to, or whoever it is, is trying to do something good for that person that needs help, but then now somebody's going to judge her for it, it's kind of like, where does then that go so I love just like the setup of how you guys do it and I think it's just like a really beautiful thing it's a beautiful space for people to go to but to answer your question are more people talking I think in general because of like this vulnerability movement that's happened in the last couple of years I think that more folks are um, sharing and being more open about their struggles online and there's now like thousands and thousands of TikTok accounts Instagram accounts confessional you know teenagers mothers you know all you know all demographics sharing their stories and and what they're going through and putting their faces mm-hmm. behind so I think that people are much more comfortable now than they were years ago telling the world like you know and normalizing struggle and normalizing challenge and it's not just that you go onto Instagram and you see you know shiny white countertops although those are there too yeah. but I it was really rebelling against the shiny white countertops and the bloomers and these like perfect looking babies when I started group I needed a space that didn't look like that because everything I was seeing was making me feel bad about myself and I didn't feel bad about myself when I you know opened my phone totally and you know that's how I roll too you know like with with what I want to do like I always want to I just want all the raw, real stuff out there. You know, it's not, it's not, nothing is picture perfect. It just is what it is. And I feel like that's why I've clung on to and tell most people about your Instagram account too, you know, because I, I love that raw, real stuff because it's true. You know, a lot of my, I, And this happens with a lot of my patients, honestly, I think every day, you know, where they're like, I went on Instagram and I'm like, oh, holy hell, what what are you going to tell me about? (laughs) Like, what are you, what are you going to say to me, you know, right now? And they're like, yeah, you know, like this mom ran a half marathon and I'm like, cool. Have you ever run one ever, even before you were pregnant? (laughs) Like, just, yeah, you know, just because one person did that does not mean that you all of a sudden have to be this like superpower woman or, you know, whatever it is, like. Yeah, so I I I can see that. I can see where especially during pandemic, well we're still in one, but you know, in like the height of things a little bit where people probably did become more comfortable, but then it's also for you how comfortable are we getting now too with um people commenting on things all the time like if there needs to be what you wanted in the first place to kind of go back to basics with your platform. Yeah, sure. it's been- 
but also I've been reading from the beginning lately because mm-hmm. I'm writing a book, womp womp, and um, <laughs> and I'm going back to the very first post, and it's just been actually really fun to see what this started as, and it was mm. a lot of just my own personal stories, my own thoughts, and then just snippets that people would send me of that, like just as if as if someone had just written in their diary at four in the morning and then sent and that's kind of what not safe for mom group started as before it became this giant sounding board of like hey mom group i have a question sort of like a dear dear diary yeah um and it was really it was beautiful then and it's it's beautiful now but it really started from such tiny tiny beginnings yeah but that's that's all the good stuff that's all yeah. the good stuff that starts from this tiny thing. Oh my God, wait, you're writing a book? Okay, we can talk about this after. Yeah. But like, <laughs> okay, but um, if you were, if you were to give like one piece of advice to, it could be okay. any new, uh-huh, yeah, I'm putting, totally putting you on the spot with that one. Um, Any new mom, any, any mom that is completely just struggling, just really struggling what would you, what would your advice be to them? So a new mom in a pandemic? Sure. Let's totally go with that. Let's go with that for sure. Um, I, I would say to accept all the help that people are offering yeah. and, um, and, and seek out as much help as you possibly can because you're not supposed to be doing this alone. And as much as some people make it look, uh, like very boss to do as much as possible alone doesn't feel good on anybody. And I know a lot of moms who have pushed away help, you know, out of fear during this pandemic. But I think in everything that I've learned um, from hearing the thousands of stories from mothers that it has been more damaging for mothers to not accept help out of, you know, fear of COVID um, than to do it themselves because they have really, they've run themselves ragged. They have nothing left. They have nothing left to give. And a mother who has nothing left to give is just as dangerous, right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, 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 you know, you just have to outrage. You have to, you have to do the risk assessment, right? And, and do it in the most safe way possible. It's not like you're letting like six people into your house without masks and breathing heavily on your baby. Of course, of course, yeah. If it's your, you know, if it's an aunt or a good friend who said, hey, I would like to take your child on a walk or for two hours outside in the stroller covered in a thing <laughs> so that you can take a nap. Yeah. Like a really great offer to say yes to because you fucking need that nap yeah yeah no and I love I mean I'm looking at you like dear eyes right now (laughs) I just like I think everything you said was just perfect you know like just accept help because I think that I think that a lot of things in life a lot of people don't want to do that um you always want to think that like I can handle things on my own and I can do this I can do that especially now having a child or being pregnant or even if you're trying to get pregnant a lot of people are like I can do this I can do this on my own and like while you can are are you gonna be okay doing that on your own probably not you know most likely not and I think that is just like you kind of going back to the basics with advice it's like 
accept help when it's there. And I think that that's um, a very important way to look at it. But it's not always perfect help either. It's not the way you, it's going to come back missing a sock and maybe they're wearing a onesie and it's cold outside. Oh yeah. And it really does not matter because there is no long-term consequence to a bad day in a baby's life. Totally. Unless unless they get sidewalk. But like, like minor things that happen when, you know, the, when it's not the perfect babysitter, it's not the perfect family member watching your kid are nothing. And they mean of nothing of consequence. If you get those two hours of rest where you're actually down and take care of yourself, because those, when you don't, it adds up and it can lead to really dangerous places for you. Totally. Totally. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for days about this. Like for sure. I feel like we could talk for days in general, but with that being said, you know, I wanted to kind of end on that positive note of that advice too, because I think it's a great piece of advice. You know, it's, um, that there are people to help too, you know, and like they're out there. It's just, and I think people need to also be willing to accept it and look for it. Um, know that it's there and especially, a group like yours. So with that being said, where can people find you? Where can my listeners find you? So you can find us online at www.notsafeformomgroup.com or on Instagram at notsafeformomgroup. And you can submit any question that you can imagine or that Great to ask anyone else um, to us via our DMs or um, on our website, we have an anonymous submission option. Um, so if you don't want us to know your identity at all, um, it comes to us as anonymous. And there's different ways to interact with us as well. We have talking circles, mm-hmm. which you can find very intimate groups of no more than seven people. Um, you end up making friends that become your lifelines and we meet once a week for an hour with the same people um, for six weeks in a row and it's just been a beautiful um, thing to to watch and I am the leader of each of those circles we have a membership where you have access to a Facebook page where it's just this really nice group of rad folks um, <laughs> immediate support there ask your question and have it answered um, just by other moms from Not Safer Mom group. Uh, and that option is available online as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm also going to post all this stuff too, you know, so like it'll be in the description of the podcast. I'm also going to post it all over my Instagram account as well. And she also did say like any question is fine. And trust me, any question is fine or like any story <laughs> They're such good friends. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no sugarcoating in the slightest and that I'm always happy about. But thank you so much for being on here. I appreciate it. And I, you know how I feel about your social media. I've just been staring at you this whole time and off because I'm fangirling and I love Not Safer Mom Group. (laughs) Thank you. So much. Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff, like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.